Okay, good morning and Chodesh Tov. Grateful to resume our opportunity to learn. And uh, unfortunately, we're going to take a break after this because next week's Yeshiva week. But we'll resume after that. And please, God, have a uh, steady flow from there. I want to thank our sponsors this morning, Usher and Shira Menser, in commemoration of the Yerzeit of his beloved grandfather, Usher Winselberg, and the Shire family for the Yerzeits of their parents, grandparents, and great-grandparents, Maxine and Bernard Sullivan, and in memory of Uncle Lester Friedman. Okay, so we are continuing to see Shalom. We've been going through Yisodei Torah, and, and the Islam Rebbe has been talking to us about the definition, if we could pass out the other sheets, has been talking about the uh, definition of Dveikus, what it means to cling to Hashem, what it means to cleave to Hashem. In fact, I was just uh, teaching the Mesil Sisharim at the shul, and the Mesil Sisharim, the Ramchal, in the very beginning, in the first chapter, says, Shleimus HaAdam, that in order to be complete, in order to be whole, a person has to live a life of Dveikus. You have to live a life in which you are sticking with and sticking to and clinging to Hashem. And I pointed out that it's really somewhat counterintuitive or even paradoxical, certain by Western world standards. Our world says, the more independent you are, the more on your own, the more self-driven and self-accomplished and self-reliant you are, the more whole you are. And if you need and rely and turn to others, you're broken. Whereas Torah says, you know, there certainly are values in being driven and having ambition and aspiration and, and being proud of your accomplishments. But if you think that you are all that, if you think you've arrived, if you think you're independent and you can take care of it on your own, yeah. then in fact, not only are you not whole, you are the ultimate broken vessel. To be whole, Hashlema Sa'adam says the Ramchal, to be complete, to be whole, is only achieved when you're Davak Bashem. When you cling to Hashem, that's when you're whole. That's when you're, and it makes sense because, again, if we believe that there's a creator of the universe and we believe he remains intimately involved in all of our lives, which is what the parshios we're reading about are exactly designed to teach us. The last Ramban on our parsha, on Parsha's bow, tells us that the whole notion of miracles, that revealed miracles are only there to remind us about the hidden miracles, that everything is a miracle. And the Ramban writes that the entire system of Torah and mitzvahs, all of halacha, the details and minutia that regulate the way we wake up in the morning to the way we go to sleep at night are all there as an exercise in amuna. Every mitzvah is an opportunity to affirm our faith in Hashem and to make connection once again and to, and to maintain His involvement in our lives, our involvement with, with Him. That's the essence of everything, is amuna. That's why it's all here. It's an exercise in faith. It's an exercise in being connected. So if you live your life in this world and you think you're independent, I'm in charge and I control my, my, my business, my success, my family, my health, my life, it's all up to me, then you're delusional. So you're not whole. You can't be whole if you're delusional. If you're delusional, you're broken. Whereas if you recognize that, you know what? I work hard and I'm driven and I'm proud of my accomplishments, but I'm the junior partner. Any success I have in raising a good family or in earning a decent living or in having decent health. Any success I have in any arena, I'm the junior partner and the Almighty is the senior partner. Then you're not delusional, you have an accurate picture and that's what makes you whole. So the definition of whole and broken in Yahadus and Torah, according to the Ramchal, according to the Salaam Rebbe, is exactly the inverse of what the world we're living in. I think it's one of the dangers of the world we're living in. That talks about, I may speak about this on Shabbos, but the, the world we're living in has been promoting this value of perfection, of being perfect or at least of, of putting forth an image as if you're perfect. Your social media profile and the caricature you have of life and the way you interact with the world is as if I'm perfect and everything's perfect and everything's good. 
And the truth is people are broken inside because of it, because nobody's perfect. And that's okay. And that's so important to realize. So it's an upside down world we're living in. To be whole is to realize I'm not perfect. To be whole is to realize I'm not independent, I depend on Hashem. To be broken is to think I can do it all and I have to live to a standard of perfection. That's what it means to be broken. Okay, so we're on the bottom left of page Samach Vav. Bottom left of page Samach Vav. Does that make sense? Is that possible? The last time we learned was Hanukkah? The mitzvah of Shabbos also is shkula. It's equal to all the other mitzvahs. Again, that doesn't mean that if I observe Shabbos, I can neglect the other mitzvahs. It's trying to teach us just how strong and powerful a value Shabbos is. Why is Shabbos so central? Why is Shabbos so primary? Why is Shabbos so critical? Forever, the Jew has been defined, are you a Shomer Shabbos? Right? That, that is almost, does that mean that you're a bad person if you don't keep Shabbos? Of course not. Does it mean you're not Jewish if you don't keep Shabbos? Of course not. Does it mean you can't have a relationship with Hashem if you don't keep Shabbos? Of course not. There are all kinds of people from all kinds of backgrounds and all kinds of paths in life. And I offer this not as a statement of judgment of them, but the bottom line has been, the measure of Jews through history has been, not are you a Shomer Shmir Salashen, not are you a Shomer Birchas not are you a Shomer Shatnez, not are you a Shomer Kelayim. The measure has been, are you a Shomer Shabbos? Shabbos is central. And as famously has been said, that more than the Jew has kept Shabbos, Shabbos has kept the Jew. Shabbos is so central. So why is Shabbos so central? So the Rebbe here offers an insight, and he says, because Shabbos, if you have to reduce Shabbos to its essence, Shabbos is a yom dveikus b'ashem. It's 25 hours to cling to Hashem, to shut down and shut out the noise of the universe, and to be able to spend time returning and connecting to that which matters most. Our connection, our relationship with Hashem, our family, our own studying, our health, not from the food we eat, but the shluf that we take, <laughs> catching up on sleep. So, Shabbos is a yom dveikus b'ashem. Shabbos is yom d'neshmosa, v'lav yom d'gufa klal. Shabbos is a day of our neshama. It's not a day of the body at all. In fact, that's why the, nesh- the Shabbos we have, what's called the neshama yaseira, which is a halachic concept. Having a neshama yaseira is not just some excuse to eat more on Shabbos. I can't gain weight on Shabbos, I have a neshama yaseira. I have an additional or expanded soul. In fact, Tosas, the Gemara has all discussion. Do you have a Neshama Yisera on Yantif or only on Shabbos? What about Shabbos that leads into Yantif? Do you keep your Neshama Yisera from Shabbos or at Havdalah does it leave? There's all discussions. And what's the implication and consequence of the Neshama Yisera? In fact, the whole reason that we smell Basamim in Havdalah and Motzei Shabbos is to try to comfort ourselves that we are leaving our Neshama Yisera. And it won't be back again for another week. So what is this Neshama Yisera? I don't know whether you gain weight or not. You know, I think... Empirically, I would tell you, you do. But, so, that doesn't work. But, um, but what is this Neshama Yisera that we long for, that we have to be comforted when it leaves, that even has a halachic status? What, is that, what does that concept mean? We'll come back to it in a second. The Gemara says in Shabbos that a person who observes Shabbos properly, meaning not just the letter of the law, but the spirit of the law. What does it mean to be Shomer Shabbos? You know, we, we say in Kiddush, V'shamru v'nei Yisrael sa-shabbos, la'asos sa-shabbos. What's the difference between v'shamru and la'asos? The answer is v'shamru, v'shamru v'nei Yisrael sa-shabbos, to be shomer shabbos is the don'ts. It's to stay away from the don'ts. 
Don't sift and grind and plow and plant and winnow and sort. Don't cook. and do, All the 39 categories of creative labor with their subcategories and sub-subcategories and all the million things you can't do in Shabbos. To be Shomer Shabbos means that you are intentional. You're aware. You're mindful. We're not doing all the things we shouldn't be doing. That's what it means to be Shomer Shabbos. So what does the Pasuk mean then? Lasos es Shabbos. If you're Shomer Shabbos, then it's Shabbos. I'll tell you a secret. Even if you're not Shomer Shabbos, it's Shabbos. When the sun goes down on Friday, it's Shabbos. Why do you have to be la sosis of Shabbos? What are you doing to Shabbos? Shabbos came on the calendar. Ready or not, here it comes. Sun goes down on Friday, it's Shabbos. So what's la sosis of Shabbos? So the commentaries explain, la sosis of Shabbos is to make a Shabbistic atmosphere, to tap into the energy of Shabbos as a yom dvekus, to return to our core and to use Shabbos as an anchor of what's right and what matters in our lives. You can keep the 39, you can avoid the 39 creative labors and have absolutely no sense of Shabbos. No sense of Shabbos. At all. The Rambam, you know, Muksa is an Issa Durabbanan. The whole notion of Muksa is Durabbanan. Why? Why did the rabbis institute Muksa? That means from a biblical perspective, you can't do the 39 acts of creative labor, but you can touch a pencil. You can move a rock. You can move someone's cell phone. Muksa, the whole institution of Muksa is Durabbanan. Why the rabbis institute Muksa? So there's a big debate among the Rishonim, which is not for now, but I'll just tell you the Rambam's reason. Because the Rambam says, let's say you're somewhat limited, you're incapacitated, you sit in a chair, you don't have a lot of freedom of movement. How many of the 39 categories of creative labor are you going to violate anyway? You're not exactly plowing and planting and sifting and winnowing and baking and building and you're not doing them. So what does Shabbos look like for you? So in order to create a Shabbos atmosphere, the rabbis instituted Muksa. Don't touch the Shabbos. Don't touch the remote. Don't move the pencil. If you can't be used on Shabbos, don't interact with it. Because even though biblically is no such thing as muksa, the rabbi said we're trying to create lasosis a Shabbos. We're trying to create a Shabbos atmosphere and a Shabbos home and a Shabbos energy and an entirely different way and state of being. What the Mishkan was in space, a refuge, a sacred space, Shabbos does for time. The Mishkan is sacred space, Shabbos is sacred time. It's a yom dvekas bashem. So where shomer Shabbos means don't do the 39 things. But la sos is a Shabbos. And by the way, how does the pasuk continue? Ledoro sum. So the commentary said, you want it to be ledoro sum. If you want your children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren to love Shabbos, then it can't just be vishamra. It has to be la sos. It's only ledoro sum. Your offspring, your progeny will love, will run, will want to keep Shabbos if Shabbos is not just a list of don'ts, burdens and restrictions and cooking and Shomer Shabbos and I can't wait for Avdallah to turn my phone back on and get back to life and I want Shabbos to end. If you're only Shomer Shabbos, it may not be Lodoro Sam. When is it Lodoro Sam? When it's Lasos Es Shabbos. If you make Shabbos, if you make the effort, do you have a Dvar Torah for the Shabbos table? Do you have a great story for the Shabbos table? Are there Zmiros sung at the Shabbos table? Can you not wait for Shabbos when you all spend time? You cannot begin to compare a Shabbos meal with any other meal of the week. When people have their technology and their phones and they're running in and they're running out and the to-do list and I have midterms and I have homework and I've got to get to a meeting and I've got to return the thing and the phone and the bing and buzzing and be You can't begin to compare. So La Sosa's Shabbos is what makes it Lidoro Sam. Yes. Could it also yes. be that the La Sosa is standing for the mitzvahs Asay? Yeah. That they're the things, the Chala and the Kiddush. Absolutely. The, the, and that's the also... That's exactly... Zachar V'Shamur, or said B'Dibur Echad, we light two candles minimally on Shabbos. They correspond with Zachar V'Shamur V'Zachar. 
because in Parshas Yisrael, we'll read shortly, it's V'shamar B'nei Yisrael, and Parshas V'shan and Zachor, Shamar V'zachor B'dibur Echad, they were said as one, Shamar means the don'ts, Zachor, you make Kiddush at the beginning, Havdalah at the end are the assays. So we need both. Shabbos can't just be what you can't do. It's got to be what you can do and how it opens your mind, your life, your heart, your neshama, the whole institution of a Yom Dvekas. Yes? Where do things that are not in the spirit of Shabbos fall into this mix? Um, so that's part of Lasos Shabbos. Lasos Shabbos is to say that, yeah, technically that's okay, but it's not, it's not Shabbos. You could walk out on Shabbos afternoon in, in shorts and a t-shirt and sneakers and so on and so forth. But it's not Shabbos. It's not making Shabbos different. Technically, on the Shomer Shabbos, none of the Lama Tess Malachas preclude you from dressing in Vachadika clothing on Shabbos. You can't point to the Halacha and the Lama Tess Malachas. You can't wear weekday clothing. But if you're trying to make Shabbos, then you've got to make Shabbos. I was allowed to play ball in the backyard on Shabbos, but I had to wear my Shabbos clothing. So it got sweaty and disgusting or whatever. I was a little kid. But, but it... it permanently, indelibly impressed in my mind that the ball I'm playing right now is different than the other six days a week I play ball. I'm not putting on shorts and a t-shirt and sneakers. So is it uncomfortable? Is it sweaty? You know, we also weren't supposed to play competitively. Whatever, whatever the rules were. But that, that, that's part of the lasos of Shabbos, right? So if I were a smart out of kid who knew how to look things up, I would have said to my parents, show me where it's one of the Lama Tess Malachas you can't wear shorts on Shabbos. Show me. Which Malacha? Which Tolda? None of the above. It's part of the lasos of the Shabbos. But anyway, back to our purpose here. So, yeah, so let me be clear, because this, these issues come up every day these days because there's new things. I'm not trying to, I just... No, no. I also have that rule that I don't like when you're not wearing clothes. Right. So there's a piece of it which is objective and a piece of it which is subjective. So, you know, how we, for our own family, make rules about, do you play ball? Can you play in the front or you can only have a catch in the backyard? Can you go on a scooter to get to your friend's house? You can go on a scooter in the backyard. That's the parents. And when parents come to me because they want me to be the bad guy with their children, I say, I say, you know, parents have to decide because different families, different backgrounds, different... And also we're living in a very precarious time where children are used to having multimedia access and the most stimulating things all week long. And if on Shabbos we take away from them... What will they fill that vacuum and void with? So we have to be very judicious, and I'm not, I, I'm not naive about that. So if you say you can't put shorts and a t-shirt and play ball all afternoon, we don't want them hiding in the room on their phone because there's literally an addiction to a phone. So I, we have to be very careful, and I don't mean to simplify that. I think parents are empowered to try to figure that piece out. Scooters and basketball, according to Rav Schechter, maybe even swimming, but you know, let's not go there. But um, parents are empowered to figure the piece out, which is the La Sosis of Shabbos, but it should be with intentionality. It shouldn't just be, all of us can't wait for Shabbos to end. We're all suffering through this, so you know, we'll go with the lowest common denominator. It should be with mindfulness and with intention to say, we are designing an atmosphere of lasos as a Shabbos. Because we want it to last, l'adoro son. But coming back to why we're talking about this here, and emuna, Shabbos is a yom dveikos b'ashem. Hatam shem Shabbos kol kach yosem So why is Shabbos so central? Why is it that more than the Jews have kept Shabbos, Shabbos has kept the Jews? And why is it that we define somebody by are you a Shomer Shabbos? A fair or unfair measure. All Torah is closed and open. Part of Torah is hidden, part of Torah is revealed. Shabbos 
The revealed part, the superficial part, so to say, it's a better word. The superficial part of Shabbos is don't do creative labor. Be at peace with nature, be at rest, don't manipulate the world. Vachelik anister, but the, I don't want to say hidden, the below the surface part of Shabbos, is the fact that Shabbos is a sign between God and the Jewish people. It's a covenant. Pasuk says, we can get high on God. We have this opioid crisis and people are looking for an escape. And I'm not going to start getting into it right now. Far from an expert, but I'm not going to get into a topic I feel very passionate about lately. But... People who, are, who have struggled within the drug, alcohol, opioid crisis will tell you, recovery, people in recovery will tell you, it had absolutely nothing to do with the drugs or the alcohol. Or gambling or sex or whatever, the, all the addictions that are out there that people are struggling with. Addiction at its core is filling a void, filling a vacuum. It's numbing oneself to the pain of the reality. So, so a person gets high because it's easier to be numb. You can't just sleep through life. I mean, that's what at the core of a lot of depression is it's painful to be awake. Whatever reality I'm confronting is so painful. It's painful to be awake. I choose to be asleep. I never felt the pain as much as when a mother who had lost her child described to me that she just wants to sleep all day because to be awake is to be in agony. To be awake is to be in agony. Just thinking about and remembering and just those words, to be awake is to be in agony. We've all had an acute toothache or a stomach virus or the flu. It hurts, right? So, but you know there's going to be relief. Three days, five days, a week, whatever, this bout of the flu going around. There'll be relief. But you go through a horrific loss like that. You say to be awake is to be in agony. So you, you just can't, t- you'd rather be asleep. So that's a horrific loss. The loss of a child. But there's people who, who are going through whatever other issue or challenge. And they too describe that to be awake hurts. So you'd rather be numb. So Yeshaya Hanavi said, you don't have to get high on drugs or alcohol. You know what else can fill the void and the vacuum? You know what else can give you the strength and the energy to get through and confront whatever you're facing? Az tisaneg al Hashem. You can get high on God. And it's not a coincidence that in the 12 steps, the first one is to forfeit yourself to a higher power. To realize that you're not whole when you think you can do it alone. You're only whole when you realize that you can't do it without Him. That's the first step. There's a great book by Menachem Poznansky on the 12 steps in Torah. He spoke here when we did a program a couple of months ago with an introduction to the book by Rabbi Dr. Abraham J. Tversky. How the 12 steps really are, are, are based in Torah. And the first of the steps is, and I've been to AA meetings, I've had the privilege of awarding the medallion to our members who've reached certain milestones. And to be in that room is not to be with a group of broken people. It's to feel broken yourself and to sit in admiration of this group of people who are so striving to be whole. It's unbelievable. So part of the whole AA meeting, part of the whole 12-step program is to realize there's a higher power. I'm not in control. Only when you do that can you conquer the urge to solve your problem by turning to that substance. So Yeshaya Hanavi was teaching, our prophets were saying this thousands of years ago, before there was an opioid crisis in Israel or Babylonia, where the prophets were, were prophesizing. And that's what Yeshaya Hanavi said, Az tisaneg al Hashem. If you feel lonely, you feel in pain, you feel you're broken, you need a solution, don't turn to a substance. Forfeit to a higher power. Recognize. And the whole 12 steps about prayer, gratitude, humility, all the steps. Adam Murkav Miguf Anir Le'inayim, Uminishama Bilti Niris, Vihi 
Mechayas Kol Aguf, Kamochin Ashabas Kodesh, Alpi Mai Mamara Nasaba Kodesh Malkovitz, Chus Yogan Lenu, Raza de Shabsa Ihi Shabbos. So he says, just like um, we have the visible, our body, and we have the Neshama, which is the invisible, so to the Lama Tesmalachos, or the physical, visible way in which we observe Shabbos, but then there's the Neshama of Shabbos. Shabbos has a guf and Shabbos has a Neshama. The guf of Shabbos is don't separate the jelly beans. The Neshama of Shabbos is to sit at the table and sing Zmiros and share Tivrei Torah and play board games and laugh and cry and share stories and go learn and, and daven with no rush. That's the Neshama of Shabbos. That is what nourishes the sense of Shabbos. So the Raza, the Shabbos, the secret of Shabbos is Shabbos. What does that mean? The secret of Shabbos is Shabbos. It means the secret of the guf of Shabbos is the neshama of Shabbos. The secret to the meaning and purpose and beauty and ability to get high on Shabbos is not being obsessed with the Lama Tes Malachos, which are halacha, they're non-negotiable, we should study them, we have to be careful about them, I'm not minimizing halacha. But I'm saying the purpose of the halacha, why do I have a guf? The guf is a platform to nourish the neshama. So to the Lamatas Malachos of Shabbos are the platform to have access to the neshama of Shabbos. Many people neglect the neshama of Shabbos and they're obsessed with the Lamatas Malachos. Many don't care about either. Or shall Shabbos who ikara Shabbos. The light of Shabbos is the key. If you don't feel the light of Shabbos, I mean the whole institution of Malava Malka is I don't want Shabbos to leave. I don't want Shabbos to end. This is so special. Who wants to go back to the phone? Who wants to turn on the news and find out what miserable tweet, who's aiming a missile, what false alarm of a missile, what... Who wants to turn it on and see all of that? Shabbos is this incredible... Rabbi Salavechik tells the story when he was living, I don't know if it was in Chaslavich, I think it was in Warsaw. He describes what life was like, the Hasidic Shtibels everywhere, the Minyanim, the Batei Medrash. So on Shabbos afternoon, he dav mincha, and he'd had Shal Shiras, and then he'd come to the Majitz of Shtibel in order to daven Marav. So they're sitting there, Shal Shiras, and they're singing, Mizmo Adav, and you did Nefesh, and it's going on and on. And the Rav looks outside, and he's a kid, there's three stars in the sky, it's pitch black, it's Rabbeinu Tam, like, where's Marav? Why don't we go down Marav? So he sees this Chassid, and his Bekesha, and his Shreimel, and he says, Nu, when is Marav? So the Chassid was Yankel the Porter, and he looks at the Rav as a little boy, and he says, Don't, don't you recognize me? And the Rav says, whoa, Yanko? He says, yes. And the Rav describes that Yanko the porter all week long was a schlepper. He was a poor man. He was a nebuch. And Shabbos, he put on this bekish, this kapata. It had holes. It was covered in dust. And yet it made him look regal. So he didn't recognize him. He was like a different man. And Yanko the porter looked at the Rav and he said, little man, little boy, young man, do you love the weekday so much that you can't wait for Shabbos to end? Do you love the weekday so much that you can't wait for Shabbos to end? I read that story many years ago in every Motzei Shabbos. Not every. In Shul, if we're supposed to daven Marav at 5.12, sometimes it's 5.12 and 30 seconds, and the same person every week will say to me, no. new, and I say, do you love the weekday so much that you can't wait for Shabbos to end? Are you in such a rush? What is it? The movies? Where are you going? Hard Rock? What is it? You love the weekday so much that you can't wait for Shabbos to end? Shabbos is our ear mikla. Shabbos is like the place of serenity where the thing is not buzzing and beeping and vibrating and bopping where you can't cook and do the laundry and all the million chores to do and tasks and work. So embrace it, love it, enjoy it. 
Do we love the weekday so much we can't wait for Shabbos ten? Shabbos is a yom of dvekas. Why is it a yom dvekas? Because true, we're feeding the goof. No question about it. I once wrote a very popular article, right? Let's about the way we serve and the food that we make on, on Shabbos. So we definitely, we definitely nourish the goof. But the reason that we're spoiling the goof is so that the goof can relax and let the neshama thrive. So when you have a good meal and you eat a nice bowl of chant and you had a good Shabbos shluf, now you wake up ready to learn, ready to read a book. Save the Narishkeit magazines and novels for during the week. Shabbos have a good book that's going to challenge your mind and open your heart and push your neshama. Read a biography of a great person. There's nothing more inspiring. I don't get a cut cut from the books I, I promote. But I promise you, if every Shabbos you spend half an hour reading about Henny Machlis, I promise you, you will be a better person. Rebetzin Kanievsky, read about, and there's no shortage. You don't just have to read about women, you can read about men. Whatever biography, I promise you, if you'll spend time on Shabbos, when you wake up from your shluf and you had your bowl of chalant and now you're eating a delicious shalashudas, challenge your heart, your mind, your neshama. We spoil the guf so it's distracted while we nourish the neshama. That's why we're spoiling the guf on Shabbos. So Shabbos is the Yom Dvekas. It's the day to reconnect. You know, your phone runs out of battery and you're, just, you're desperate for that charging. Oh, thank right. God, I'm near an outlet. I'm near a cord. Right? Why? Because I need to recharge it. I see it's down. 20%, I go on low battery mode. 10%, I start to panic. 5%, I scramble to find the cord and an outlet doesn't matter what I'm in the middle of doing. 3%, I start to have heart palpitations. Right? I'm desperate. I've got to recharge it. And you charge it, you look at it on 99. Psh, thank God, I can go back, be active again. So what that battery is for the phone, that's what Shabbos is for us. We're depleted. We're broken. By the time you get to Shabbos, you come to the Shabbos table, 20%. You're, on low, you're operating Thursday and Friday. You're on low battery mode. Friday afternoon, you're at 10%, 5%. You get to the Shabbos table, you open a nice bottle of wine, and you sing some zmiros, and you talk about the week, and you connect. But, you know, ain't Shabbos bali hachana. The Gemara says you can't have Shabbos without preparation. The Gemara is talking about food. Right? So all week long... You're distracted, you're busy, you sit down, you say, no, I'm ready for my meal. Everyone looks at, I thought you prepared, I thought you prepared. Nobody prepared. Well, you haven't cereal and milk for Friday night dinner because nobody prepared. You can't enjoy Shabbos if you didn't prepare. And what's true for the, for the goof of Shabbos, the physical, is true for the neshama of Shabbos. How do you walk into Shabbos if you don't have Arab Shabbos? I gave a Shabbos Shubhid Russia once on all about Arab Shabbos. Everyone was on a kick, including us. Set the table Thursday night. Wake up Friday morning and already wake up to a Shabbos I atmosphere in the home. We have it as a Shabbos playlist on Apple Music that we play on Friday in the, in the house. It's Shabbos playlist so that it feels like Shabbos in the house. You need Arab Shabbos. But more than that, you can't have... Shabbos is not a day of dvekos, of clinging to Hashem. If when you get to the table, you're like, you know, it would have been really good to have a good Dvar Torah. It would have been nice to have a nice story. You have to prepare. Ain Shabbos b'li hachana. You can't, you can't enjoy it without hachana. I started on Wednesday nights for men. It's mostly young men. On Wednesday nights, we have an amazing night seder learning program. And uh, we have a great program where young kids, little kids are studying with high school kids. They learn together. There's like 30 high school kids learning with seven, eight, nine-year-olds. It's beautiful, really beautiful. So to tap into that, I said all these dads who may not learning otherwise are bringing their seven, eight, nine-year-olds because it's a beautiful thing. The children have a peer pressure among themselves. Do you, do you learn? Are you part of the program? Do you come? So Nebuch, that father who really had no interest, now the son schleps him on Wednesday night <laughs> to the base medjish. 
So he said, you know what? He shouldn't just schlep his kid and then they hang out in the hall talking. He shouldn't drop his kid off and come back to pick him up. Let's do something. So Wednesday night, 7.45 to 8.20, for those 35 minutes that the kids are learning, I, I have a class that's called Something to Say at Your Table. And I give three ideas about Shabbos, three Parsha ideas. And the, the ideas I choose, there's a lot of overlap to the Tuesday Parsha class, but the ideas I choose are specifically ideas that can stimulate conversation with your family. They're not some esoteric, oh, the Gematria says this, or listen to this Chakira, this Halacha, and this. It's, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting conversation. I'll give you an example, something I'll say tonight. I said yesterday in the Pasha class. It says in the, in the Avde Paro said something to Moshe, and Rabbi Soloveitchik points out that the servants of Paro are described as Avde Paro. Their identity is intertwined. Their identity is defined by being subservient to Paro, whereas the Jewish people, we are Avadim Hayinu Leparo. Not Avde Paro, Avadim Hayinu Leparo. That, yeah, we had to do that work, but that didn't define us. And I mentioned yesterday that that was true in Egypt, it was true in the Holocaust. There was a spiritual resistance in the Holocaust, and survivors will tell you that, and, and, and um, you know, Victor Frankl wrote all about this, that you can be physically enslaved in bondage, but your spirit is free. Yosef Mendelovich is speaking next week at BRS, one of the famous refuseniks. His book is incredible. He is an individual, as a hero. He and Natan Cherensky, the most famous refuseniks, will tell you that yes, in the Soviet gulag they were imprisoned, but their soul was never... They were never avadim to the Soviet Union or avadim to the Nazis. They were avadim hayinu. So what is our identity and who are we and what are we enslaved to? And do these things define us or are they just part of our lives? It's a conversation for the Shabbos table, just as an example. So preparing for Shabbos is not only about putting up the chalon in time to have some of it on Friday night. But preparing for Shabbos is, do I have a great Tvar Torah? Do I have a great story? I have a dear friend I grew up with, Shai Stern, in L.A., and he inspired me with this several years ago. Because he says he doesn't go into Shabbos without, for each of the meals, having a Dvar Torah, a story, and a question. And he, just, he won't, so he looks and he finds, and he tries to find a Dvar Torah, a story, and, and a question. Because there's a curriculum for the Shabbos table. It's not just you get there until it dissolves and falls apart and everyone leaves in their own room and the kids and the fighting and that. There's, and by the way, I don't want to make it sound like we've perfected this or we have, the, we have the same struggles, the same challenges. It's not utopia around the table you're sitting at right now. Some of you have seen that firsthand and can pay witness to it. But it's what we're striving for is that there's a curriculum to the Shabbos table. For Shabbos to be a Yom Dvekas Bashem and for it to be Lassos as a Shabbos. Not just Shomer Shabbos, but Lassos. Oh, I love it. We always have a great story. You have a great story for tomorrow, Abba? You have a great game. We, for a while, went through a great exercise. There's a book. whose name is escaping me at the moment. What If? Is that what it's called? What If? Rav Zilberstein, a great Tamachachim in Eretz Yisrael, has a series of songs called Chashukei Chemed, which are contemporary, fascinating, moral dilemma, shilas and halacha. So, um, Rabbi Shero, Shulo? Shero? whose father used to be a member of our shul. I think they're up to the third volume of it now. He's translated these shilas and organized them on the parsha. So we, for a long time, we should go back to it. Each meal, I'd have the kids read a question and then don't read the answer and everyone debates it. A, borrowed a car from B in the car, had a flat tire, but uh, went and told, didn't pay the toll, who has to pay it? And there's great discussion and debate and then you read the answer and you see how halacha has, has guide for our lives. And that becomes fun. It's a curriculum for the table. You're, you're gaining from Shabbos. It's a Yom Dvekas Bashem. 
And then Shabbos becomes that even the, the chaos of the week, we escape to it. Let's just finish this paragraph because I have a lot more to say on this in one second. The Medrash says that if the king is sinning and his, his close, intimate, loving person is sitting opposite him and someone walks between them, the Chayav Misa. The king will put him to death. What are you doing walking between us and breaking that separation? So it's because of that that a non-Jew who observes Shabbos is Chayav Misa. When someone's in the conversion process, they have to violate Shabbos until the day of their conversion. They're not allowed to keep Shabbos because a non-Jew, Shabbos was a gift for the Jewish people. The notion of a Sabbath, of a good day that you disconnect to connect, that's a universal message. But the way that we keep Shabbos, the details of our Shabbos, that was unique to us. That's the gift. It's a treasure. Hashem says, I have a treasure and I share it with you. It's called Shabbos. So I'll tell you something amazing. The Gemara says, Medrash says, that Shabbos It's in the merit of Shabbos that we were redeemed from Egypt. What does that mean? In the merit of Shabbos, we were redeemed from Egypt. The Medrash goes on and it says that Moshe came to Paro and he said, Paro, listen, my friend, you're self-destructive. You're doing something against your own interests. If you work people seven days a week, they're going to collapse. They can't be productive and efficient. You want pyramids built? You want bricks made? You got to give them a day off. Paro said, I buy it. So he gave them Shabbos. And on Shabbos they would sit and it says they would read, Medrash says, they would read and they would learn about the, the values of Shabbos and the Shabbos they were destined to observe. And that's what gave them the energy, the strength, the courage, the optimism, the hope to go back to work. And it got them through to the redemption. But what does it mean, B'schus Shabbos? In the merit of Shabbos, Nigalo, we were redeemed. I understand that Shabbos gave us the respite to survive. But what do you mean the merit of Shabbos we were redeemed? So the same Salonim Rebbe, the Nesiva Shalom, in his Sefer Achomish and Sefer Shemos, says the following. He says, what is Golos? Exile is not a geographic description. Exile is a state of being. Exile is Siluk Hadas. Exile is when your mind is so famished, when there's so much noise and chaos that it clouds your judgment and your clarity and your capacity to see, you are in a personal exile. When you have anxiety and stress, when you're broken and divided, when you're fearful or anxious, you're living in a personal exile. Sila kadas, when you're deprived of the ability to think clearly and to have tranquility, that is exile. What's gu'ula? Gu'ula is mindfulness. Gu'ula is the capacity to think clearly. Gu'ula is when you can disconnect in order to connect. And that's what Shabbos is all about. Shabbos is the antidote to this technological tsunami that we're living in, right? Because Shabbos, 24, 25 hours a week, we disconnect. We're the last vestiges on earth who will be doing that, who can go 25 hours disconnected. But it returns our soul, it returns our, our clarity, it returns our sense of self. I described on Shabbos when I spoke about this. When I walk on Friday nights to a Shalom Zachar, to a Chabura, Sometimes my kids accompany me, and that's wonderful, and sometimes I walk by myself. And that is the only time of the whole week where I'm actually by myself. Not just by myself physically, but in my own thoughts. 
There's no noise, there's no radio, there's no shir being listened to, there's no talk radio, there's no meeting, there's no email, there's no text message, there's no alert, there's no podcast. Just by yourself in your own thoughts, in your own space. To the point that we're often very uncomfortable with that. We've lost the ability to be comfortable with that. I quoted a study from Science Magazine. They put people in a room and 67% of men and 22% of women shocked themselves with an electric shock because that was less painful than being alone with their thoughts. There's nothing to do in the room. All there was was to press a button which would give you a shock. And the majority of men and a large number of women gave themselves an electric shock because it was more painful to be sitting there with nothing to do than it was to sustain an electric shock. We've lost our ability to be in our own, right, to be in our own heads. So Shabbos, hold on one second. Shabbos is where we can quiet the noise and we can return. If, if Golos is Silo Kadas, it's the loss of the capacity for Das. Shabbos returns our Das. Shabbos is the return of our sense of self, our identity, our clarity, our ability to think. That is the light. That is the light of Shabbos. And because of that, we are transformed by Shabbos. We have, I've quoted this many times, but I love it, so I'll keep quoting it. We, um, when a couple get married in order to recite Sheva Brachos, we're going to Israel next week, my niece is getting married, Amir Tashem, we're making a Sheva Brachos for her, so we're calculating with my brother, my brother who's also making Sheva Brachos, is my sister's child, who are the Panam Chadashos? You're not allowed to recite Sheva Brachos unless you have people who weren't at the wedding who come to the Sheva Brachos. Who can we invite? And that's always right. That's always, they didn't make the cut to get the invite to the right. wedding. <laughs> but we need you. It's utilitarian for the, it's always there. So you got to find someone who was invited but couldn't make it, but can make it to the Sheva Brachas. It's always the, you got to figure that, that, that piece out. So during the week, in order to recite Sheva Brachas, you need Panam Chadashas. Taisus says in the Gemara that when it comes to Shabbos, if you have Sheva Brachas on Shabbos, you don't need Panam Chadashas. Why not? Shabbos are the Panam Chadashas. So what does it mean? Taisus says Shabbos is the Panam Chadashas. The Shabbos queen, Shabbos, where the Shabbos, it's beautiful, sweet, cute. What does that mean? So the Menachem Ben-Zion Zaks, the Menachem Zion, explains so beautifully. He says, it's not that Shabbos as an entity is the Panam Chadashas. He says that we, even the people who are at the wedding, have a Panam Chadashas. All week long you have the stressed out, anxious, miserable, working hard, chaotic face. All week long you have the face that's looking down at a device. And Shabbos you finally look up. And you have peace. And you have tranquility. So you have a new face. So Shabbos is Panam Chadashos. Means the very people who were at the wedding come Shabbos, they have a Panam Chadashos. And he says, that's what we sing on Friday night in the Chadodi. Pnei Shabbos Nekabla. We're welcoming the face of Shabbos. It's not that we're welcoming the Shabbos queen. We're welcoming our own Shabbos Panam. All week long we have the weekday panam, the miserable panam, and Shabbos, Pnei Shabbos Nekabla, you put on your Shabbos panam. So I love that image that when you light the candles, come on, let's put on our Shabbos panam. A minute ago I was yelling at you, you didn't bathe, you didn't shower, you didn't clean, I told you to set the table, whatever. Not anymore. That was darkness. I'm about to introduce light into the world. We're lighting the Shabbos candle. We're putting on our Shabbos panim. Our Shabbos panim is joyful and happy and it's not distracted and it's not pulled in different directions and there's no noise. It's a panim of peace and tranquility and serenity and happiness and joy. Come, let's put on our Shabbos panim. Pnei Shabbos Nekabala. So, B'schus Shabbos Negalum Mitzrayim. And that's why Shabbos is Zechel Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. We say in Kiddush, we say in Davening. Shabbos is Zechel Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. All week long we're slaves. We're slaves to our job, we're slaves to our chores, we're slaves to our to-do list, we're slaves to the culture of the world, we're slaves. 
Shabbos were liberated. It's freedom. Just like the Jews were taken out of Mitzrayim, so too we have been emancipated. We are liberated by the quiet, the peace, the serenity, the capacity for Shabbos. So one of the, just to conclude, one of the things of Shabbos is Shabbos, I'm sorry, of Dveikos, right? The whole way we got into this is Dveikos. So we've defined Dveikos and we're talking about the different methods to work on our Dveikos. And one of them is Shabbos. One should walk out of Shabbos feeling more connected, cleaving Hashem's presence in our life. We've read something that's inspired us. We told stories. You sit around the Shabbos table and you say to your children, tell me something in your week where you felt Hashem in your life. And we've shared a story. And you know for the next week that as you're living this week, you're trying to think of what story, what happened to you that you'll be able to share at the Shabbos table next week. So Shabbos becomes a curriculum, an exercise in Amuna, in Dveikas. And you don't want it to end. Many of the Minog, to actually from the Havdalah candle, light candles that sit on the table from Malava Malka. The light of Shabbos, you're not ready for it to let end. The Shabbos Panam, from when you lit the candles... To Havdalah, just keep it a little bit longer. Candles for Malava Malka. Just eat mala- your Malava the Malka. You don't just take rip off the Shabbos Panam and go back to the week. You have to be Malava the Shabbos Panam. You have to slowly take off the Shabbos Panam so it doesn't hurt when you take it off. You have to smell the Basamim so the Neshama Yisera is not ripped from us to be able to go back into the week. And we take, now our battery's been charged and we're at 100%, we're ready to face the week until it's going to be down to 3% the following Friday. And that's we light the candles. We plug back in, and we're able to charge again. Yes? So I love, I love everything you said, and I agree that it makes a big difference. But this really works only for like a family unit. This is, it's hard to believe that this could be such a tenet of faith for people who are not in a family unit. Do you know what I mean? That it's, it's, Absolutely. I don't agree at is all. Not at all. Shabbos is a tremendous pressure for people who are alone. You never want to ask a single person, what are you doing for Shabbos? Mm-hmm. It's, I think that it's hard to believe that everything could be based on Shabbos when it's such a difficult time. You're 100% right. And I'm glad, first of all, I'm very glad you said that. Although you'll respond in one second, but I'm glad Alana said that because it is true, it's very important to be sensitive with this. And there definitely are a world of singles for whom Shabbos is a torture chamber. Sitting at someone else's Shabbos table, watching someone else's family operate, going home, and as, as, as singles have said to me, there's, you know, and they hate when a married person says, oh, I'm jealous what I would give on Shabbos afternoon to just sleep the whole afternoon and read a magazine. And, and singers will tell you, there's only so many hours you can sleep and so many hours you can read and you're all alone. So you're right. We should be sensitive in realizing that it's not so simple um, for singles. However, I think there still is wisdom in there for everybody and to figure out how to find a community of singles or even with the family or even by oneself to tap into the energy of Shabbos even, right, so, you know, Eric Engel, Aiken, we have a single who lives in captivity who's been inviting anybody who doesn't have a meal and he's created an incredible community of people who can experience Shabbos. Not only singles, even like couples. Right, only creating a sense of Shabbos. And so. for Shabbos that's besides for singles, even for, like, for, what, are right. for what are you doing for Shabbos? Right, right. There's definitely like a, an aspect of that that I feel like needs to be addressed. That it does, but I, I will say this. As, like, I feel like we over-socialize right. We do, so, so the, and that's a perfect corollary of what we're saying because so, so one of the other things my franchise says is he doesn't have guests. He says, Achnas is beautiful, it's an amazing mitzvah, he does it during the week, Shabbos is his family. I don't entirely agree with that. I like the vision of one meal, you can have guests, one meal, you're alone. But you're right. When we've gotten to the point, which we've gotten to at times, where when you don't have guests, your kids are like, what? Where is everybody? We're alone? Oh, so boring. Right? So Shabbos can't become the social scene of our lives. 
we have to create where our family can be excited to actually be our family because there's the story, the Dvar Torah, and the great fun, and the board games, and the laughter, so, and the Zmiros. So it is. It's, it's that mix between socializing but having a curriculum that even our family can be excited about it. Mm-hmm. But you wanted to respond or not? I don't know if I want it on there. <laughs> <laughs> 